Welcome again to the Kingdom Leadership Equipping KLE podcast with your host, Sean Smith. And this morning is the Sunday message. And what I'm sharing with is a series that I've been doing for the past uh, four weeks. And this will be the fifth part is where are the skilled workers for the last days? And we've covered a whole various aspects of the strategy uh, that Jesus left us with and how we fit into that strategy. What does that mean? So enjoy the episode now with me. Until next time, this is Sean saying God bless you. And good morning and welcome to KLE. This is the podcast for with your unusual, not your usual church message. And this is your host, Sean Smith. We are talking about uh, principles, points and principles of the kingdom of God, truths of the kingdom and things that make the kingdom work, establishing the kingdom of God as leaders. But not just, you know, not just the concept of leaders as in I am a pastor, apostle, prophet, bishop, whatever position and titles people give themselves, but priests, <laughs> but it's also about you, you, wherever you are, you are to be God's leader, to be Christ's leader, right where you are, bringing the kingdom of God to where you are. That's the whole point of kingdom leadership. So I do the kingdom leadership equipping um, on the podcast so that you have it available, that you can download it and that you can get it off about 10 different platforms, including Anchor FM and Google and Spotify, iTunes, all of them are there. I would really appreciate a review. If you go onto iTunes and you find KLE with Sean Smith and give us a review, just give us Five stars, four stars, three stars. I, I don't really care how many stars you give us, but that you give us a few stars as a review and just say um, content is whatever. And, uh, you know, Sean is wonderful, whatever. <laughs> and uh, But it just bumps us up in rankings and makes sure people get to hear the message, which is what it's all about. So it's not just here in the in the Facebook group, but also in uh, on the podcast, we want we want to get the message out. Amen. I'm not, uh, you know, I don't charge for this, but I want to get the message out every day. I don't do KLE every day, but I do the leadership boost every day, so that I you you can have access to downloadable um, content that you can that can help you upskill, uh, empower, be equipped, be encouraged, be inspired to be the kind of leader that we need in the earth today. We need kingdom leaders. We need leaders, not religious leaders. We don't need more religious leaders. We don't need more politicians. We don't need more leaders who are fashioned into the world of business, you know, as the cosmos system. But we need leaders who actually understand what it is to lead the kingdom way, to lead with a kingdom mindset. So today we're talking about where are the skilled leaders for the last days. Part five, part five, I've been doing the series. We looked at first, well, we, we looked at the strategy that Jesus actually produced. I really believe that, you know, you can't pray. Prayer is important. Okay, you understand prayer is important, but we've got to have the practical side of things. We can't stay in our four walls at home praying and, and you know, that, that um, something happens. We've got to be active 
in what we do. So, yes, the first place is we beseech the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest to send skilled workers into his harvest. So we've got to pray that he would ignite. But we can't pray transformation. We bring transformation. We are the ones that need to bring implementable, practical, influential steps to impact the world around us. Jesus, Jesus has a clear strategy that works. The, his, his strategy actually works. And that's Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. In verse 18, he says, um, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. That's the first place you start, is understanding, getting a revelation of your, your exousia that he's given you. You're representing something. You're representing someone, and you need to go back and listen to part one of this and get understanding of your authority, not power, your authority. Then secondly, he goes on to say, therefore, I say unto you, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. The word, the word make disciples there is the, the key thing. <laughs> and he says, go into all the systems of the world, go into all the systems, but don't the in, systems are made up of individuals. We are to make disciples of the individuals. We are to go with his authority into all the systems. <clears throat> and then he, he said, because he needs workers in those systems. We are to go into those systems and influence those systems, making a change in the systems of the world, the cosmos systems. You remember um, the devil came to Jesus in the wilderness and showed him all the glory and the splendor of the systems of the world. He, sh he showed them, he showed him and he said, you need to bow before me and I will give you all the glory. This was, this was a temptation. If it wasn't, a, if it wasn't real, it wouldn't be a temptation to Jesus. Jesus counteracted that with the word of God and said, you, you will worship the Lord your God only and serve him only. In other words, you, you only serve the kingdom of God. You only serve the king and his kingdom. You don't bow your knee to anything else. You, there's no Lord and. There's no God and. There's no kingdom and. It's only that. That's it. <clears throat> but he wants us to go out and make disciples. This is not a religious connotation. This is not a religious concept to go into the systems and change, bring transformation to people's lives. Um, he says we need to go into the system, whatever system it is. I mean, all the systems of the world are medical, economic, business, political systems, um, uh, education systems. We, you know, you, you think about many places in the world, the churches are lost. The, the education systems, we've lost the education systems to, to a, an agenda that's influencing our children for the future generations. And so you think about those areas and you think about where is the influence of the church in these areas? Where is the influence of the church bringing the kingdom of God into these areas? So this is definitely what we're supposed to be doing, but we've neglected the strategy of Jesus. And he, then he goes on to say, so go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and, and uh, teaching them to observe whatsoever I've commanded you. So I want to look at a little bit today about making disciples because we've seen that Jesus said, I send you and thrust you out. Nearly the word is like nearly a push out as sheep amongst the wolves. We, 
we are seen as prey, but actually we're walking in authority. We're bringing dominion. We're representing a government, the government of heaven. I mean, we're representing a government that governments on the earth, you know, have no measure against. <laughs> we, we're citizens of another kingdom representing that kingdom. We're representing the king of all kings, the, the nation of all nations. We, we represent the government of all governments. And, uh, and uh, so we don't. We, we, even though we go in as prey, we are not prey. You know, they prey on us. But he said, therefore, I say unto you, be as cunning or as wise or as shrewd as snakes. And there was a whole, I did a whole thing on that. And as innocent or as gentle as doves. And I did a whole thing on that last week. And so we need to understand is that each of these dimensions um, speaks of our of the strategy Jesus was giving us of how we are supposed to interact and engage the world around us. I really, there's three e, a 3E e strategy that, that I, I talk about and share with people is that there's the engage, equip, and empower. You, you can't empower people uh, to be representatives of the kingdom of God if you haven't equipped them, and you can't equip them if you haven't engaged them. And I want to just bring out the part of that strategy today, which is make disciples. It's interesting that Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples in a scripture that really affected my life. And this began my thinking oh, maybe 10 years ago or so, maybe more, 10, 12 years ago, begin to direct my thinking. And, you know, because what, when, you, when you get a little older and you've, you've you know, been around for a while, this is, you know, I've been, I've been teaching the word, discipling, working with people, etc., for, you know, doing ministry for 40 years. So you get to a point where the amount of knowledge you have is not important anymore. It's, it's, um, it's what you do with what you know. And it's finding that, that those principles that, that you can implement and direct and teach and make a part of you and teach it, not just teach it, impart it. There's a difference between preaching something and imparting something. There's a difference between teaching something and imparting something. There's a difference between being on, in the pulpit and actually imparting something to people. Information is not impartation. We think that information is impartation. Information, we've got to give information. There's, there has to be, because my people perish for a lack of knowledge, but that, that knowledge is not just a head knowledge. Head knowledge is more dangerous in the church, makes people more religious than anything else. But impartation is when there is a, there's a change, there's a transformation of the way of life. Impartation means that you put off the old and put on the new because you're renewed in the spirit of your mind. Impartation is... That you're not conformed to this world any longer, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. These scriptures really began to fashion my whole philosophy, my whole approach to what we do as the church in the world, in the world where God sends us. And, you know, because not everybody is street preachers, you know, standing on the corner with a, with a big hailer and shouting out, the thing is, not everybody's going to walk down the street with a big placard saying everybody's going to hell. I don't, I just don't believe that's what Jesus had in mind. 
He was sharing with the disciples. When he said, go into all the world and make disciples, he was sharing with them what they had seen. You understand? So when you're making a disciple, discipleship is mentoring. Discipleship, mentoring is impartation. Training is not impartation. Training is knowledge. Mentoring is impartation. Mentoring comes through relationship. Relationship that is, there's an engagement to equip, to empower. There's a process to it. Mentoring means that you, three things of mentoring. One is you're an example. You show what you teach. You show what you, not just what you teach. You, 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 um, you uh, live what you stand for. So people can see the principles in your life. And let me say this, you know, is that one day I stood in church and, and I said, you know, if you read the, the Gospels, you can see the principles of what Jesus taught regarding the kingdom of God. And I was talking to one guy and he, he got all in a half and he said, it's truths. I said, yes, but that's what principles are. No, pr principles are not truths. Truths are truths and principles are principles. Said, you know, this is semantics. You're missing the point. You've got so religious in your idea. Jesus said, the keys of the kingdom I give to you. The keys are principles. Principles are, are laws, universal laws. They are laws instituted by God that doesn't change. It's non-negotiable. It always works. It, you can either work against it or you can work with it, but it's going to work. That's what, you know, so what you sow is what you're going to reap. You know, to hear, Jesus said, uh, given shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall be um, given unto you. For the measure that you meet, it will be measured to you again. And he was actually talking about the principles, the truths, the, the, the laws of the kingdom that he had just shared, the, shared the, the, the precepts of the kingdom. Well, let's not get religious about these things. I'm a very practical person. And I think in practical, implementable ways that makes this thing work. We, we've got this idea because it's, it's truths. You know, it, anyway, I don't want to get into everything there because we're not talking about that. But what I want to share with you is that these are principles that we need to grasp. Kingdom principles. If we grasp and live and, and contain and show, we're an example of kingdom principles to people that you can impart to them. So they look at your life and there's there's a fashioning of their thinking just of, because they, of their behavior, because they see what you are doing. Secondly, is that it's relationship. Mentoring is relationship. It's how you relate to people. You cannot influence them if you don't have a relationship with them. You, you know, we, we cannot be just preaching to a city and hope the city gets, gets won. Jesus didn't say you're going to win people. You're going to make disciples. I, I mean, that you're going to change the world systems by preaching. He said, you're going to do it by making disciples. Now, preaching is a part of that. And I want you to see that. But let me just finish this. And the third one is, the third part is actually then instruction. Then it's instruction. Not everybody, and, and, we, and we also have this religious idea about preaching. Preaching is standing in a pulpit or standing on a platform. That preaching is only in a church building, in four walls, on Sundays. 
That's not preaching. Preaching is not shouting, spitting, screaming, shouting through a mic at people. Preaching is heralding a message, heralding good news. Uh, preaching is bringing good news to people. And you do not have to be a loud orator to do that. You do not have to shout, scream, and spit to do that. You know, you, you can actually talk to people and herald something. So we need to understand the, the strategy of Jesus. That's what skilled workers are about. In Acts chapter 14 and verse um, 21, but let's look at verse 20. But while the disciples stood around him, he arose and entered the city. And the next day he went away with Barnabas to Derby. And after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples. Now this was something that really struck me was they made many disciples. They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So, but the, verse 21 is really what struck me was after they had preached the gospel in that city and had made many disciples. So this, there was this combination of things. First, there was this heralding. Well, not first. It was just they, they, there was a heralding of the gospel, but also a making of disciples. I looked up the Greek definition of making disciples, and this was very interesting to me. The word making disciples is the word matateo. Matateo is from the word matatesis, which means disciple. And matateo is this. It's the, um, the in, in spiritual context, it's the deep shaping of character. And the, sh the cultivation of a worldview through a close personal relationship between the disciple and the instructor. The instructor is a mentor par excellence who seeks to stamp the, his image on his disciples. Now, obviously, we're not representing ourselves. We're representing Christ Jesus as the King. So we're stamping His image on people. That's what we're supposed to do. Stamp His image. This is what changes things. You know, we, just because people get saved doesn't mean they're disciples. They became the, man, the book of Acts is clear that they were called and became disciples. And this is important as well. There's something, you know, Stephen Covey said this years ago, many, 30-something years ago. He said, the one way to change a person's perspective on life is to change their role. Or to change their, you, you know, what you call them. So, in other words, when, you, when you're not married, you know, when you're still a singular, you're a bachelor. When you're single, you're <laughs> singular. When you're single, you're a bachelor. And that sort of has connotations of a lifestyle that just revolves around you. But then you get married and you become a husband or you become a wife. Just that connotation right there, that role description changes your whole perspective. It should. 
What we don't do is we don't teach people what that change is and they never explore that. But there is, should be a change of perspective, a change of worldview, a change of of paradigm in how you approach things, how you do things, how you think about things. It's Your role has changed. Now you have a child and you become a parent and you become a mom and you become a dad. Now everything changes again. Now a whole new set of responsibilities, a whole new thought pattern begins to grasp you, grab you. You begin to change your whole perspective. Now it's not just you. It's not just you and me, baby. It's about us. One guy said to me, you know, you should just get yourself a, a, pad, a paddle ski. And, go. and I said, you know, when you're a father, you don't understand. When I, when I think paddle ski, I have to think times five at that point in time because I had three sons and a wife and, and myself. I said, I never do things just for me. I have to consider them all. So we're going to have fun. We're all going to have fun. If I'm going to do bicycling, I'm going to do cycling with all of us. We've, we've got to include everybody. I can't say, well, you're not good enough to ride. You don't need one. And it's just about me. Too many dads, too many moms just think about themselves. And the same goes with the church. We just think about how do I get my prayer answered? How do I get my, my needs met? How do I get healed? How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I get more? How do I get more? Uh, this, this, you know, message is not meaty enough for me. This is not enough for me. This is not enough for me. And so, you know, is this constant focus on ourselves. But we, this is not about us. We should take what we know and begin to impart it through relationship. Look at this. It's uh, the word suggests in spiritual context, the deep shaping of character and the cultivation of a worldview. So in discipleship, when we're going into the systems of the world, we've got to be able and we must be able to go into the world and begin to sh deeply shape people's character. Deeply shape who they are within themselves. Character is formed by a number of things. One, it's how they think Two, mostly how they think. Mostly it's their mindset. Two, it's it's um, uh, how what they establish, what they've got is themselves established on. What are they they grounded on? What is their foundation as in character? I think we've got so many people in the church that haven't had a deep shaping of character that is aligned with the with the character of Jesus Christ. We haven't had these image imprinted upon us. In the church, we haven't had that impartation of an of his image because he goes on to say, he says, uh, seeks to stamp the image on his disciples and thereby enable them to participate in his life. I mean, this is powerful. Can you see that the depth of this is that there needs to be a a stamping of Christ's image on the disciples so it so that they are enabled. To participate in Christ's life. For the goal of discipleship is not simply the attaining of information, but the experience and enjoyment of fellowship. We are to bring people to the place that they can experience and enjoy fellowship. First, the obviously it's going to be first with us because they don't know Christ, but we need to introduce them then to the King and that they can fellowship with Him. That they can spend time and experience and enjoy fellowship with Him. 
the adher adherent or the, the, the mentee in this case, um, in turn seeks to emulate his master Christ and partake of his life, but not at all as a mindless psychophant or robotically who has renounced individuality or personality. It is the values and beliefs of the teacher which are embraced and which are produced in the followers. So he allows his life to be extensively shaped by the influence of his esteemed master or mentor. The disciple can know firsthand and experience directly with adaptions made to suit each individual and even partake of the life of his master. So we represent, that's what we need to understand, is we represent, we represent the kingdom, we represent a culture, we represent these, these principles, these values. That's what a worldview is. A worldview is that you begin to perceive and see the world, see the systems, see everything around you with a different perspective because you have different values, different convictions, a different belief system that you process things through. You have a different thought pattern. You're thinking differently and it, your thinking flows from your character, from your mindset, from who you are deep within. And so that's what discipleship is. There's a deep shaping of character. There is this impartation, not of information, but of a new worldview. Because that's what he says, that uh, to stamp the image of Christ on these disciples and thereby enable them to participate in his life. So they need to participate in your life through your relationship, your deep forming of relationship, so that they can experience his fellowship and relationship. You understand? Listen, so when, when Paul, when, when it says of Paul and Silas that they went to this city and preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, we're not talking about members of a church. We're not talking about members of an organization. We're not talking about, we're not talking about believers. They were believers. That was something that they, part of their DNA, they believers, right? We're not talking about saved Christians. That word wasn't even used. We're talking about disciples. Disciples describe something beyond what we experience here. You understand? So we can get people saved. We preach the gospel, get them coming to the altar, putting up their hand, and then we send them to a church. And now they're members and nothing has shaped in their character. Nothing has been formed in their in their worldview. Nothing has been shaped of nothing has been imprinted on them of the character of Christ. There's no relationship being built that brings them that influences a deep shaping, a deep influence, a deep impartation of the principles, the values, the culture of the kingdom of God into their life. Wow, what a difference we'd make. We need skilled workers in the last days. We need people that are equipped to know how to engage, that know how to equip and know how to empower people. And the equipping I'm talking about here is not training, not just teaching, but equipping people to be able to do just this, impartation. Impartation through example, through relationship, and through instruction. Instruction before there's teaching. 
You get that instruction before there's teaching. I want to say to you leaders, this is what you, you need to revolutionize and transform your thinking. And go back to the strategy of Jesus. Because we are in, in a situation right now on the earth, it's precarious. We need change. We need a transformation. We need a transformation and a revolution in how we go, how we approach the world. But not something new, something old. We need to go back to what Jesus gave his team that would revolutionize the world, transform the world, bring an impact in whatever they're doing. Paul, Peter, I mean, Paul picks up on this. Paul and Silas are carrying out what they've heard, what they've seen, what they've learned, what they've experienced. Right? Because if we get, if we, and if we start calling people disciples, I declare today that you are a disciple. Change your role, change your perception, change your worldview, change your perspective, change your worldview. That's what we got. When we begin to change how people see things. You see, a lot of people are sitting in church, listening to messages, still with the same worldview they had before they came into church. They've got more knowledge. They've got a better community. You know, they got, it's nice. It's Everybody's there and they've got their family and they can spend time with their family and, you know, sing a couple of songs, listen to a message. Great message, Pastor. And, you know, pastors are very excited to hear that. And, you know, we've got, you know, 15,000 downloads off our off our app or off our the, the website. And, oh, we're we having another chicken dinner in the community. And, you know, listen. But people are not changing their worldview. They're not having an imprint of Christ's life upon them. They, they can partake of that life. They, they're not experiencing in their individuality. I mean, and that's what he, the, the definition says, not to become mindless psychopaths. In other words, for, they can't think for themselves. But actually there's an individuality. There's a, there's a personality. What does it say? Gosh, I've read this thing so many times and it's still so deep. I, I have to read it again and again. And he says, um, it's the values and the beliefs of the of the teacher or the mentor, which are embraced and which are re reproduced in the follower. Glory to God. So many, so allowing his life to be extensively shaped by the influence of his esteemed mentor, the disciple can know firsthand and experience directly with adaptions made to suit each individual and even partake of the life of his master. And again, you know, is that we represent the life of the, the of Christ being the master. We, you know, we're just servants. We're just kings serving the king of kings. And so it's not about our life. It's not about our values. It's not about our beliefs. It's not about our worldview. But what are we passing on? What we're trying to do is pass on many times our religious systems. We're trying to pass on our religious beliefs, our religious habits and conformances. You have to do this. You have to do that. You must do this. You must do that. We don't. We don't impart to people a living relationship that and a deeply shape of shaping of character and their whole worldview. We don't impart values and beliefs. You know, every everybody's got values. They just don't know about it. Oftentimes, they're not aware of it. Every organization, even Hitler, even Hitler, had and Stalin had values. But their principles, they didn't have the right principles. The principles guided them. 
in a different direction. When you've got kingdom principles, well, they actually didn't have principles. That That's the problem. They had, they had beliefs, they had values, but they were misdirected. Our principles, our principles guide us. Principles are your compass that keeps you moving in the right direction. Here's the principles are in this uh, book here, the Bible. Okay. That's where Jesus said the keys of the kingdom. That's the principles. The keys of the kingdom are given to you to understand, given to you to know. But to them, it just comes in parables. We've, we've discussed that before as well. We'll, we'll cover it again because re bears repetition, these things. Amen. So the keys of the kingdom are the principles. If, if, we, if we don't have principles that guide our values and our beliefs, what are we imparting to people? I really believe we have... Many, many, many ignorant kings sitting in the kingdom, sitting in the church community with no idea of what a new worldview is. Their character hasn't been deeply shaped by mentors par excellence, skilled workers. We need skilled workers in these last days. And that's what I want to leave with you for this year. This year, I really want you to think about what is your strategy for the next year? How can you influence people? How can you bring more? And, you know, I'm, I'm even praying about this and how God wants me, not just to use the platforms that I've got to speak and share and, and, uh, and challenge the thinking processes and thinking of people and, and their role and their identity. I, 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 you know, I use what God's given me sitting in this room and to share with, the, with people all over the world what... Just some of the thinking process behind the Word of God. We have to rethink what we do, who we are and what we do. We have to rethink this. Come on, we have to rethink this. We have to think about our relationships and how we're influencing. And I'm, I'm really considering, you know, how, how can I be more influential? And to me, it's like I'm going to get out and speak in the world. I'm, I'm just going to get out. I'm not looking for a platform. I'm not looking for... I mean, I'm looking for stages, but I'm not looking for church platforms. I'm going to go out into the world. I'm going to go and talk to, because that's my gift. That's what I do. I'm going to go and talk at clubs and, and at homes and wherever I can talk, wherever I can get a group of people. And I'm not going to preach scripture and verse to them. I'm going to share principles and values and beliefs with them that can change their worldview. They begin to, they begin to imprint upon them something that says, hey, there's something more than what I've experienced, something more than what I know. And I, I want to embrace this. I want to see disciples made. I'd rather, I'd rather make 12 disciples than have a 12,000 people church. Wow. Haven't we heard that before? Or is that too scary to think of? Make 12 disciples rather than have a 12,000 or a 1,200 member church. You know... I don't want members, man. I want to see disciples. I want to see people that are deeply affected, that can reproduce. That's what I want to see. I want to see that. I, you know, I've been meeting now for about a year and a bit, um, a couple of young people here. And you know what they're doing? Going out and impacting, building relationships and beginning just three people. And that's just because I'm, I'm following the strategy of Christ. And we don't meet every day. We meet once a month. <laughs> and we just get together and spend an hour and a half, two hours together and just share. 
And I just shared the principles, the values, the beliefs, the things that, that God has revealed to me over the years, just imparting to them. And they're going out and doing the same. They're getting into the systems, religious systems and world systems and influencing people's lives. I'm so proud of them. They're just doing such a great job. Let's see more of that. Let's see more of that, that influence coming into our world. Because that's when we begin to bring transformation. Amen? That's when we begin. Because, you know, it, that's what it says of Paul. It says um, that they, um, where in verse, I've lost the page now. Let's go back here. Verse 21 of Acts chapter 14. And he says, and after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples. Have you ever wondered how did they do that? What was the strategy? I believe it started with a small group and just multiplied from there. But many disciples, not many members, but many converts, not many, uh, you know, believers, but many disciples. And if you look at that, that definition I just gave you, the Greek definition of matateo, then it changes. The, you just the concept is like it can be done. It can be done. It's not the whole city, but we can make many disciples in a city. Wow. It can be done. What are you going to do? Everybody involved in that. And that's the, where the transformation is. That's where the change is going to be, is making disciples, many disciples. We need that. We need to do that in these last days. Amen. All right, so thank you for being with me again today. I really appreciate it. And remember, please give us a like and a share. Um, and, you know, comment below. Just give us a give us an idea what you think about about this message, what you think about these, uh, these concepts. And I'd uh, love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think and how you can implement this where you are. Comment below and let me know how you, what, how you think um, you, where are you and what are you and, and what are you going to do? One thing, what's one thing you can do to begin to implement this in your world right now? That's a good one. What is one thing you can do to implement this in your world right now? All right. So thank you for being with me. God bless you guys. And listen, um, I'm, I'm going to be away for a couple of weeks starting this week. So um, if I'm not on regular, I've not left you and abandoned you, I will be back. But I will share briefly at times, maybe just on audio, and I will be sharing uh, briefly at times also on the podcast. So follow us, please give us a follow on the KLE podcast. This is for you. This is to encourage you, inspire you, empower you, equip you. Amen. Until next time, this is Sean saying God bless you.